Last week, we started a brand new series called Abad, and its goal has been to equip us with the tools to mature and develop in our relationship with Christ as His disciples. It's a discipleship conversation. Uh, You could say that it's about us finding ourselves at the feet of Jesus again, whether that's for the first time or whether we're coming back to this place of intimacy with Him, to our first love, and that really is where true discipleship starts, right? It's at His feet. Um, And last week, we talked about how firstly, we need to recognize that Jesus is the only true vine that we should attach ourselves to. We said that there's many other vines. We call them counterfeits. And we listed what some of those are. And we said those might look like they are attractive. They might look like they can produce fruit. But Jesus alone is the only true vine that can ultimately bring us the satisfaction, the fulfillment that we need for our souls. And we said that this concept of abiding in him is about saturating ourselves with him. You know, so when we get squeezed by the pressures of life, like the grapes are squeezed in the production of wine, the Christ-like character inside of us comes out, not the other stuff, you know, because there's some, uh, there's some bitter fruit out there, isn't there? It's not so lacquer. Uh, anger, we touched on anger for a little bit. Sometimes when we get squeezed, you know, our kids are misbehaving or the driver cuts us off or, I don't know, you know, Springboks lose because of the ref. Yeah, sometimes that anger juice comes out and it's a, Bit of a bitter taste, isn't it? Um, I was actually reminded of two passages in James that I'd like to just go to quickly, if that's okay. Can I just wrap up last week and just give you guys these two passages? They're a little bit punchy, so a little bit of a warning up front. But uh, James has got some really clear guidelines in terms of this anger thing. Uh, He says this in James 1 verse 19. He says, Know this, my beloved brothers and sisters, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak. You know, we're usually... The other way around, aren't we? We're quick to speak and slow to hear. He says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Why? Because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. There it is. Human anger, that does not produce the fruit of righteousness, which we read in another passage of Scripture in the New Testament that God desires for us. Uh, And then he gets quite hectic because he starts talking about our language, the tongue, because that's often how anger is expressed, not so in how we speak. This is a punchy one. He says, uh, with it, with the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Mm. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. (laughs) Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Implied answer is obviously no. Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Hmm. Very, very powerful passage of Scripture, hey? Make sure that we are abiding in Christ, then the right things, the the fresh water, the right fruit will actually come out. Anyway, enough preaching before the preach. Um, I want to ask us one key question this morning as we consider this week two of Abide series. And that is, what is the one thing that you need to do to mature from the season that you're in to the next one? What's the one thing you need to do? What is your one next growth step that you need to take this morning? Because here's the thing, growth doesn't happen overnight, right? It happens more often than not in a series of little steps, not just one big step. And I also realize that growth isn't a one size fits all. You can't just say the same thing to, you know, your kids, you know, both of them have different personalities. They'll need different things to grow, for example. But what is the one step that we can take this morning? What is that first step that you need to take? Do you know what it is? And are you willing to commit to that process this morning? And I'm looking forward to helping us answer that question as we unpack this series 
today. This is a reminder of the key passage that's formed the Abide series. It's from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 9. It's where Jesus is talking to his disciples just before he gets crucified. They've left the Last Supper, they're walking to the garden, and he begins to teach them uh, these things. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And last week we said the word remove means to lift up, right? Uh, And he prunes every branch that does produce fruit so that it will produce more. Guys, getting a clue as to what I'm going to be talking about this morning. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. He says, remain in me or abide in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, Neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. Powerful scripture. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you remain in me, however, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. That's what we're going to be talking about next week, the power of asking. Uh, My father is glorified by by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. And the more that I read this passage, the more I realize that we could spend so long just peeling back the layers of this text. We could spend the rest of the year on it. And you guys will all be like, cool, good luck with that, Lloyd. I'll be on the beach. Call us when you're done. Um, We've got three or four weeks in this topic, but I've entitled my message this morning, Layered. Layered. And I want to talk about the three levels of fruitfulness with you. The three levels of fruitfulness and how to move through each of them. So this, this message is going to be about how do you transition between those levels as one of Christ's disciples? Because here's the thing, you know, we are all busy growing and changing as people, whether we like it or not. Amen? You are not the same people we were five years ago, right? Sometimes the way we grow is through situations that are forced upon us things that are outside of our control. Yeah, we only need to look at the COVID period from 2020 to 2029 um, and realize that there's some things that you just can't control, that life throws at you, and that has a way of growing you. Sometimes growth happens through our own choices, you know, that we make of ourselves. We decide to start a new habit. We embark on a leadership journey of some kind. We start a business. We get married, you know. Um, ever thought to yourself, Maybe I'm a selfish person. I need to ask God for, you know, how, you know, how to get rid of the selfishness. And he goes, cool, marry someone. There you go. That'll help you get rid of your selfishness. Or you know what, Lord, I really need more patience in my life. Cool, start a business. Employ some people. <laughs> work, on your, work, work on your patience that way. Um, but all of, these, all of these examples are things that we encounter that, you know, grow us and mature us and develop us as people. So if we are going to be growing in life, if we are going to be maturing, why not let it be in the direction that our creator intended for us? Why not let our growth be according to his plans and not someone else's or the, what the world might say we should go or even our own insecurities might lead us to go? Because this is what becoming a true disciple is about. It's about abiding in him and allowing him to drive our growth and to shape us and to mold us into the image that he has called us to be. And there's stages in this growth process, right? We also know this in faith. We didn't, I mean, we didn't just start out on day one as becoming a Christian and, you know, suddenly you have everything figured out and you can sing like an angel and, you know, you can raise the dead and everything's amazing and you can, you know, recite the whole of the Bible in New King James. No, you started out and there was a progression, right? There was a journey there. You started out learning one or two new things in the beginning and you 
kept building on those and you, you know, prayed a prayer in front of a group of people or you stepped out and volunteered in some way. And there was this growth that happened. You know, and while we are saved absolutely in a moment, we are sanctified progressively in Christ. You could say it this way, that we are saved completely through Christ's sacrifice, but we are sanctified progressively as we mature in our relationship with him. This is what we're talking about this morning is how do we grow in this journey? How do we mature and develop? You know, the apostle Paul says, you know, you should be on solid food, but you're still on milk, right? There's a, there's a progression there. And so this is what I want to talk about this morning. And just by the way, you know, this is never intended for anyone to feel, you know, like judged or like your faith isn't, isn't functioning properly because you're further behind the road than someone else. No, no, you know, this, is, this, is, this is a forward-looking exercise. This is to say, what is the next step that I can take? And just in the same way, you know, if you've got a brother or a sister that's older or younger than you, I mean, that's not a bad thing that you were born before they were, you know. I mean, that's just how it happened. So it's not a judgment thing. It's how do I look forward and find the motivation to trust God for what my next growth season looks like? So what are the three levels of fruitfulness? What are the three stages of maturing in this production of fruit that we're talking about? Uh, and, and what are the keys that unlock each of them? Because each of those stages has a very specific key that's going to unlock what that looks like. So are you ready to grow spiritually this morning? Paul's asks. We can grow physically with the brownies um, afterwards. That's what that's for. And then there's CrossFit. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna grow spiritually this morning. And, uh, you know, I was thinking of what to call these three names, and, and, um, and they're very, very original titles. Uh, so just, you know, act amazed when you hear them. But um, I'll, I'll refine them when I, when I do some leadership teaching on this at, at some stage. But Jesus says that there are branches in him that produce fruit. That's verse 2. He also says that these branches get pruned so that they produce more fruit. And then right at the end, he says his plan for us is that we would produce much fruit. So the levels are from unfruitful to fruitful, from fruitful to more fruitful, and then from there to bearing much fruit. That's where we're going. Unfruitful to fruitful, more fruit to much fruit, sorry, unfruitful to fruitful, fruitful to more, and then from more to much. That's where we're going. I'll think of some creative names to come up with afterwards. But let's have a look at the first one. Level one is when we go from unfruitful to fruitful, and this key is unlocked with rest. With rest. What do we know about rest? Well, I think in Christian circles, we've often misunderstood this concept. Yeah, we've associated rest with a sitting back and a folding of the arms. You know, God, you deal with it. You take care of this thing. I'm just going to wait here and this miracle will be placed in my lap through something. And actually, that's not really the context that we're talking about here. It's actually got to do with where we place our security as the source of the power that will produce the fruit in our lives. And instead of striving to produce the fruit in our own strength, it's about resting in God's ability to produce the fruit in his strength through you. Does that make sense? That's what rest is. Rest is, is not me trying to, you know, or firstly folding my arms and expecting God to do everything, but it's also not me trying to do something in my own strength. It's about placing my confidence in God's power to produce the fruit that he, that he wants. Let me ask you a question to illustrate this point. But have you ever walked past a fruit tree, say an apple tree, and seen it struggling to produce an apple? You know, like this thing is like the branches are moving, the bark is falling off, the thing's, you know, yearning and trying to get this apple tree out. The birds are standing there, come on, come on, produce an apple. You know, it's like 
No, the thing happens by itself. The fruit of a tree is organic. It's not mechanical. And the quality and the consistency of the grapes on a vine are not based on the branch's efforts. They are based on the quality of the vine that gives the branch the ability to produce the fruit. You see that this morning? You see, God wants to work through us, not apart from us. And so when we say that we go from unfruitful to fruitful through rest, it means that we rely on God's power to accomplish the work, not our own power apart from God to accomplish the work. It's like if you've ever seen a branch by itself on the ground trying to produce fruit. It's not going to work, right? That's why he says you need to remain in me and you will produce much fruit. You know, the apostle Paul builds on this idea and he says the following in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 10, he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. It was the grace of God in Paul that produced this effort. It was God's strength in him that caused him to work with his power. You know, you could put it this way and say that we need to trust God for our salvation and abide in him for our sanctification. We need to, we need to trust God for our salvation and then abide in him for our sanctification, for our growth, for our fruit production. You know, I'm amazed at how often in our lives we, we, we fall into this trap of thinking that our sanctification depends entirely on us. You know, like the First Corinthians 12 gifts, they're not called spiritual gifts, they're called Lloyd's gifts. <laughs> you know, our oh Lord, I'm just operating in Lloyd's gifts, you know. No, they're spiritual gifts because they're given by the Spirit. You know, and this is, this is what we're saying is that the grace of God is not just effective for salvation. It's essential for our sanctification also. If we want to produce fruit, we have to remain in Christ because he is the true vine. You could say that there is no fruitfulness apart from Christ, apart from fruitfulness in Christ as the vine. Amen. And so maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're feeling like you're struggling to produce fruit in life. Maybe you're kind of out there trying to produce some kind of fruit all on your own, having developed this, this dependency almost on your own strength as opposed to Christ's strength. You feel a bit disconnected as a result. Maybe the word for you this morning, if that is you, is that just come back to the source. Just come back to the source. Just, just realign yourself again. Just attach yourself again to the true vine and rest in his ability to work through you and watch what happens when you do that. Amen. Friends, I want to encourage us that we don't have a legalistic responsibility to abide in Christ. We get to make a loving response to abide in Christ. This is not a legalistic duty to abide. This is a loving response to abide in Christ. He's waiting for us to say yes to him. Amen. So level one, unfruitful to fruitful. What about level two? What about level two? Level two is where we go from fruitful to more fruitful. And this happens to the process of pruning. Oh man, can't have a conversation about fruitfulness without talking about pruning, hey? Um, but I want to share a slightly, a slightly different angle on that this morning, if I, if I may. Because I think we're kind of all more or less familiar with the idea that, you know, in gardening and keeping a vineyard, you, you have to cut a branch back by a very specific amount, you know, in order for it to grow. We know that, right? We know this in gardening. You have to trim trees back. You have to cut these branches down so that they can, they can grow and that there's no risk of infection and things like that actually happening to, to the plant. We know that this is an essential part of what the vine dresser does. 
And that for us in our spiritual journeys, pruning is, is, is a necessary part of going from one growth season to another. We also know that it's painful. Any uh, believers feel like they've been pruned in a painful way at some point in their lives. I'm the first to admit that uh, it is very, very painful at times. And our perspective, I guess, of pruning is important. You know, either we view it as punishment from God or growth instituted by God. Our perspective on pruning is important. It either feels like punishment or it feels like growth that's coming from him. You know, in spiritual pruning, the kind that does come from God does not detract from our character, it refines it. That's what pruning does. It doesn't take away from our character, it refines it. it uh, you could say it this way, that pruning, it enhances spiritual growth by removing what inhibits spiritual growth. That's what pruning does. It enhances spiritual growth by inhibiting, by, by removing whatever inhibits spiritual growth. And like we said in, in, in week one, you know, there's just some things that have to be cut back and trimmed off if we're going to progress in this journey of maturing with God. But with that being said, I want to I look at exactly how that pruning process takes place. Because it might come as a little bit of a, little bit of a surprise. Um, in that scripture, in, 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 J- in John chapter 15, where it says in, in verses two and three, every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. We said that means lift up, to carry, to pick up. And he prunes every branch in me that does produce fruit so that it will produce more. You know what the Greek word for prunes there is? It's the word kathairo, which, which, is, which is the root word katheros or kathairos. You know what that means? It means to clean. It means to clean or to purge or to wash and make pure. Let's read it again. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he lifts up and he cleans every branch that does produce fruit so that it will produce more. Verse three, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken of you. You see what happens is when these branches that are bearing fruit fall to the ground, they get covered in the mud. They lie on the dirt. They get, they get covered in this, in, this, in this dust, in this dirt. And what the vine dress has to do is that he has to pick those branches up. He prunes them. He kathyroses them. He washes them so that they are clean again and, and can produce more fruit. You know, friends, pruning happens through a variety of ways, through external circumstances. And while that might be the case, what about the pruning that comes simply from the word of God? May I I put forward to you this morning that nothing in this world has the power to shape you into the fruit-bearing image that the Creator has designed compared to the Word of God. That is what will prune us the most and the best. It's in the Word. That's where it happens. You know, people I think are very quick to associate bad things that happen to us in life with, you know, God trying to teach us a lesson, you know. But I think while that, you know, while, while we do experience difficult times, and while I don't want to minimize any of that, how about we just go to the Word and receive the direction from our lives from there? I promise you that you will find everything that you need to make the right choice and move your life in the right direction as you are pruned, cleaned in the process by the Word of God. You know, this is, this is what Psalm 119 says. This is, how, this is how it puts it. Longest chapter in the whole Bible, every single verse about something to do with God's Word or His commands. The longest chapter in the Bible. He says this in Psalm 119 verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your word. How can a young man be cleaned, be pruned by keeping your word? I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commands. 
I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. It's so powerful that this pruning process happens when we saturate ourselves in the word of God. It doesn't have to be any more complicated than that, friends. It's simple. It really is simple. Again, uh, Ephesians 5, Apostle Paul, building on the same idea, he uses marriage as the analogy. And he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might what? Sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Isn't that so beautiful? So that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, and that she might be holy and without blemish. Man, I love this so much. This pruning process that God is talking about, your friends, has to do with this, this conviction that we receive in his word, the direction, the, the power that his word provides to cleanse us from the dirt of our own thinking, from the mud of our past failures, from the world's expectations of all the negativity and even evil that was spoken or thrown at us. God, as the vine dresser, comes and he washes us off. He cleanses us with the power of his word and he prunes us so that we might become even more fruitful than what we were. Can you say amen to that this morning? And then finally, I realize that I've only got five or so minutes left, so I'll, I'll make sure to wrap this up. But what is, what is the third level? What is the third level of fruitfulness? Quick little recap. First level, we go from unfruitful to, fruit, to, to fruitful. Level two, more fruitful. Helps when the words are on the screen. And then the third one is when we go from bearing more fruit to much fruit. And you know what the key is that unlocks this one? Discipline. Anyone come to church this morning feeling like they want to hear about discipline? No, probably not. Lord, I can't wait to hear a word from you about discipline this morning. Oh, wonderful. So refreshing. But, but, but truthfully, this is, this, is, this is really, really important. If we want to progress in our discipleship journey and go from bearing more fruit to much fruit, we need to embrace discipline. The discipline that comes from the Lord as a key that unlocks this growth stage. And it says in John 15, verse 8, my father is glorified in this, that you produce much fruit. There it is. And prove to be my disciples. And I don't want that word discipline to actually scare you. Um, do you know where we get the word disciple from? Discipline. <laughs> Same root word. You know what it means? It means to learn. To learn as a pupil. Or to be trained up as a student. Doesn't seem so scary when you put it in those terms, eh? coming here to receive the teaching of the Lord, the training up of the Lord as his disciple. And you know, that's the difference between punishment and discipline. How do you know the difference? Well, you kind of have to look where it comes from and what it produces. You have to look at the root and you have to look at the fruit. Punishment comes from fear. That produces control. Discipline comes from love and that produces fruit. Punishment comes from fear. That produces control. Discipline comes from love and that produces fruit. Either one of them seeks to dominate the other person, the other one seeks to train up the other person. And that is what we are trusting God for in this season as we go from being, from being more fruitful to, much, to, to actually bearing much fruit is we need to embrace some kind of his training, some kind of his discipline in our lives, whatever that looks like for you. You know, this, is, um, this passage of Scripture in Hebrews puts it so beautifully. I think I'm just going to read it uh, and then I'm going to close with one or two final thoughts. But this is, this is what he says in, the, in, in terms of this, uh, this, this, con this concept of being disciplined by the Lord. He says, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Christ did. 
And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? This is what it is. He says, my son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when you are reproved or corrected by him. For the Lord dis- disciplines the one he loves. The Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline or train? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, we're all kind of included in this at one season, then your illegitimate children are not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Yeah. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but God, he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. Man, that is so powerful. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, what does it do? It yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. That scripture is just, that's, that's all we need. <laughs> we should not fear when we, when we have these seasons of God saying, you know what, instead of doing that, would you mind doing this? Um, I'm just going to train you in a little bit of patience quickly. Do you mind just yielding to me? Promise you it's going to produce the fruit of righteousness. Um, do you mind if I just get to your, get your relationships quickly? Can we just have a look at, at this cycle that seems to be playing out? I feel like we need to do some training there. I feel like you need to start valuing yourself more than what you do. You tend to get yourself into trouble every now and then because you look for value in what other people can do or give to you. Can we just, can we just look at your finances quickly? Can we just do a little bit of training there? Ain't hey, Lord, it's saw you, pruning me, finances. But you know what? Peaceable fruit of righteousness. I don't want you to be selfish. I want you to be generous. Can we just touch on that for a second? Can we have a look at your career quickly? Can we just do a little bit of training there? How do you make your decisions? Can you just make the next three or four small ones just consistently for me? Training, discipline. Learn to say no. Learn to say no to this, Lloyd. Would you mind? I'm, 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 I'm disciplining you. I'm trying to produce holiness in you. God is so merciful. He is so, he is so kind that he would consider us worthy of his training, of his instruction. <laughs> you know, I used to get resistant when I felt resistance <laughs> in some area in my life. You're like, no, man, Lord, this is so frustrating. Can't you just take it away? Why, why am I going through the same thing over and over? Like, what's happening here? You know, why is there, I feel this, this, I'm resistant towards this resistance that I'm feeling. Just say a word, just, you know, Click your fingers and it'll be done. Why do I need to go through this pain? However, after recognizing this, this, this power of, of, of being trained in the faith, of being discipled, disciplined by God, I realized that great resurgence, great resurgence is often met with great resistance to develop great resilience. God is wanting to develop a resilience in us when we face that resistance. And so now actually, instead of, you know, getting angry with it and resisting. And I go, ah, oh, okay. Thank you, Lord, for showing me the area in my life that you're going to be producing the biggest blessing and the biggest growth and, and the biggest breakthrough. Amen. This is exactly where, you need, where, where I need to be focusing because this is where I'm going to receive the pruning that I need to make me a better disciple. And you say amen to that this morning, church. Are we okay? I feel like we've been wounded this morning. But I really do feel like God is calling us to a season of fruitfulness. 
And we said last week that, you know, this, this, this place of intimacy with him means that we deny ourselves to some extent. We, we put off some things so that we can move forward in our, in our walk with him. We need to mature. We need to grow. And I really do feel like the season of, um, of revival, like we actually sang about just now, is coming. It is coming. Amen. But we need to be ready to receive as his disciples. And this morning, perhaps wherever you found yourself on those, on those layers, that you would have the encouragement, the tools that you need to take one step. Just take one step. Position yourselves to receive the next blessing that God has in store for you. Amen. Could you stand with me as we close in a word of prayer this morning? I'm so thankful to spend Sunday mornings with you. It really is the best day of my week. I'm not even joking. I just, um, I love the community here and I'm so grateful for what God is doing. And I'm looking forward to the day where these seats are full and um, we have to start looking for some new spaces to, to contain the blessing that God is going to pour out. But I also recognize that in that process, we have a responsibility to become good disciples, to bear fruit so we can receive what God has in store. Um, and I guess as we close, we could just take a moment right where we are and just close our eyes for a second and you know where you are this morning. You know where you are in your relation um, to God, in your walk with Him. Uh, and you know where you are on those levels of fruitfulness. And wherever you find yourself, I, I, I really do pray that God would give you the insight, He'd give you the courage and the confidence just to take that one step. Just to take that one step. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a step of rest. Maybe this morning you need to just say, Lord, I'm sorry for trying to do it in my own strength. You are the vine. I'm reconnecting myself again to you and I'm receiving your strength for this. Or maybe it's that thing of pruning. Maybe you just need to be washed off by something. There's, an, there's your own insecurity or something that someone else spoke over you. There's some kind of dirt or mud there. And God this morning through His Word just wants to wash it off and go, you're clean. You're clean. Or maybe this morning it's, it's a case of, of saying, Lord, how can I be trained up? What are some of the things that I need to become disciplined in to grow in this way? And so right where we are, if you would just, just bear that up before the Lord. Just say, Lord, show me. Show me what it is. I commit to, to growing in the image that you have in mind for me. And so, Father, for every request, for every season that every heart here is in, I pray that by your Spirit, you would move us forward. Thank you, Father, for the immeasurable greatness of your grace and your love and your mercy. We will never come to the end of it, Father. And it's because of your love and mercy that we can even begin this process of growing and becoming a disciple. Lord, you know the best for us. You have the ultimate plan for our lives and in you is where we find fulfillment. So would you forgive us for thinking that it could come from somewhere else? Would you help us reattach ourselves again to you as the true vine? Father, may we yield to your rest, to your pruning, to your discipline as good sons and daughters. Thank you, God, that we are going to produce much fruit so that you would be glorified and others would come to know you as well. And all of this we pray in Jesus' wonderful name when everybody said, Amen. Church, can we give God a shout of praise this morning in worship?